0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. (laughs) That's me. Um, And we have a great guest today.
0: Oh, we have a wonderful guest.
1: Yeah, so it's Leah Jacobson. We've had her on before
0: a few times. I think six times. Yes, yeah, so it
1: was six, and we did an outstanding series on some kind of—I don't know—it's feminism or something. I don't know. I just can't remember that. <laughs> That no, was an awesome. It was amazing. Uh, little series we did on a holistic feminism mm-hmm. and, and all of the uh, really cool things about like a, an authentic feminism that was. It was a great series. So go to the website and check that out. But we brought her back mm-hmm. uh, to have her on again because uh, we have lots more to talk about. Leah, welcome to the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe.
2: Well, hello, hello. I'm happy hey. to be here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so glad you're here. So uh, you've had you've you've got quite the story to tell. You've you've been very active and busy. You've been promoting uh, your new book. We talked about it on the last um, that series that we did, uh, Holistic Feminism, uh, and I hope that's doing well for you. But the message is just incredible uh, in that particular book.
2: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a really busy fall actually. So when I was on here last summer, the book had just launched, like a week or two before that. It yeah. was just getting out there and. Uh, this fall, it's been really, really, just exciting watching the college campuses pick it up a little bit. Getting yeah. invited to speak at Newman Centers and focus conferences and places where younger people are at, because this is just the the feminism that is not being taught <laughs> on the college campuses. Yeah,
1: and uh, and I, I would like to say that the success of the book is all due to that series of six episodes on the Catholic Cafe. Absolutely. but may, <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But l- we'll just leave that as an open ended question. But I think the topic, though, is just absolutely vital. F- for this culture, uh, that, that essentially, uh, in that it's a short little book, but it's just packed with information about. Uh, it's not a radical new way of looking at something, but it's like something that's kind of obvious, mm-hmm. and you speak from that perspective, so even a guy like me can understand it. Yeah. And it's, I think it's valuable not only for um, uh, girls ladies women however you categorize yourself and and i don't want to offend anybody in terms of age or whatever but all ages uh, but certainly um guys need to read this as well and understand this perspective
2: yeah i think that it's actually very helpful for men because i think that they've been silenced you know very much so by the feminist or the women's movement i mean there were all kinds of silly signs you see like you know like if you don't have a uterus you don't have a voice type signs which is you know ridiculous but that was more that second wave of feminism and we've kind of even evolved beyond that where men really don't know their role anymore in the women's movement if they have a voice if they don't have a voice or if their voice is actually more important than some women's voices because that seems to be happening as well so so much confusion with how we're defining the women's movement and feminism currently well but
1: you know you can also you can expand that to beyond just the women's movement and women in general that, that there's so much confusion because if you stop and think about it, I, for myself I, I second-guess and third-guess and quadruple-guess everything that I'm getting ready to say. Because yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to offend somebody. Yeah. And I don't intend to. I don't want to. Yeah. But it just seems like civil discourse is out the window, that we really can't be open and expressive about yeah. what our views or our thoughts, or even question uh, existing sensibilities without. Like uh, uh, offending someone in some way, and I, I just, I, I'm not sure what to do, right, and where that sure. where that leads. We,
0: we just got actually a text alert that you've you've been canceled. Yes, just I, I guess based I'm on uh, what you, sure. you I, just I, said. Yes,
1: <laughs> I, 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 I'm <laughs> sure I said something <laughs> offensive, uh, and I don't, I don't doubt that. But it just seems like. You know how like in, in, in basketball, you, I'm watching sports and, and I heard uh, one of the commentators say like, you know, there's a foul on every play, <laughs> right? Every yeah. play, there's a foul. It's just whether or not they call it. And that's the way I feel like when I talk, when anybody else talks, there's a foul. Somebody yeah. said something wrong because you just don't know. And, and it really ties back to that word you, you used before, but you said confusion,
2: yeah. Well, and I think that's the beauty of what I'm proposing with this holistic feminist movement. is It's really taking it back to just the basics of what's the natural law of man and woman. Let's just look at the basic biology of who we are, the identity of man and woman, based upon you know the radical idea that our bodies have a purpose.
1: <laughs> yeah, that there's a connection between how we were made and who we are. And we mm-hmm. can't divorce ourselves from that.
2: Yep. Yep. So, I mean, it really... It shouldn't be. Like you said, the book is nothing groundbreaking. It's not earth-shattering, you know, to just say that a woman ovulates, gestates, and lactates. That's what her body actually physically does. That should not be an offensive statement. And so I think we're just trying to kind of cut through all the, the rhetoric and the ideology and some of the politicization of the movement to say... What do women actually need? Let's just look at their physical needs and start there, and find some common ground to grow upon.
1: So, one of the interesting aspects I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about today was you talk about ideology and uh, and politicization of this the, these issues. In the in the process of all that, we we've all heard the expression cancel culture. We always we all know it's going on. Yep. We, um, but isn't it is is it do you, is it your opinion, or do you see where? The whole idea that we want to view women, we, we want them to, to, to be exalted, we want them to realize mm-hmm. that the great gift that they are, uh, some might see that as we want to empower them or we want to let them rise above or be equal to men, however you want to phrase all that stuff, and yet it just seems like voices like yours might actually get stepped on a little bit because mm-hmm. it's like, well, you would consider yourself a feminist. I mean that takes a little. There's a little asterisk after it. Yeah, I would it. with yes. an asterisk. <laughs> yeah, I, but I get it. But my but but there's a feminism and you know and I know uh, you know John Paul II talking about the feminine genius and all these kinds mm-hmm. of things, and, and you're in that. I, I think you'd be in that camp. But mm-hmm. but how feminists, uh, especially the radical feminists, yep. want to hear the women's voices, yep. but not certain women.
2: No, definitely not certain women. I think that's always kind of been the case even from the very beginning of the feminist movement. when you look at the first wave of the feminist movement, there are women that didn't really get on board with it. Second wave again, a lot of women didn't identify with it, and then as we've gone on, I think it's become less and less pertinent to more women and now we're even seeing you know kind of the holy grail of some of the feminist you know ideologies, things like abortion and contraception. we're seeing dissent even there from within from within the same movement, so women that are actually. You know, on board with maybe um, abortion rights or contraception rights, they're also being pushed out of the feminist circle and away from the table because maybe they just can't quite get on board with you know the transgender movement, or maybe they just can't quite get on board with erasing some of these words from, from uh, you know, breastfeeding becoming chest feeding. You know, some of these they're sticking points, they're issues, and so we see even the women's movement fracturing further and further down, and more and more women's voices are being. Uh, erase. So it's not just those of us that are, you know, probably, you know, have a religious difference or a political difference or some very obvious ideological differences. It's even women who have been traditionally very closely aligned with the feminist movement are being pushed out as well.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but like they're actually this this the whole question of being included in the feminist movement or not, you know, like Sojourner, Sojourner Truth at the Seneca mm-hmm. Falls convic- Conviction. Uh, you know, she's an African-American woman, and she gave a speech there called Ain't I a Woman, I, yep. I believe it was called, because she felt that her voice was not heard yep. because she's black. Right. Yep. And then there's also been way before you, yep. there have been w- women in the pro-life uh, in the in the feminist movement who have said abortion is a line uh, that yep. we're not going to cross, you know. And right. And then at that point, there, that's been a fracture point for. Decades, yeah.
2: Feminist for life has been around since the seventies. I mean, it, they're they're hardcore feminists in terms of you know equal pay for equal work and all sorts of things that women actually need, um, and they have not been allowed in the feminist circles for quite some time. Many decades now, feminists for life have sat in their own table.
0: <laughs> Are you? Have you experienced? Have you felt not invited to the table yourself?
1: Uh,
2: oh, absolutely. I, I think that you're
1: always welcome at this table.
2: Oh, uh- <laughs> Leah, you're always welcome here. <laughs> Have a donut. Thanks. (laughs) Um, No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I write about that in my book, even just that first really disorienting experience on being on campus at a women's studies talk and and being shouted down by a, a feminist professor on campus, you know, because I was talking about, you know isn't there some hope for women that hold different viewpoints to be welcome at the table and at the time it was a discussion about politics and it was sarah palin was on the presidential ticket and i said isn't that a sign of like hopefulness that we're getting so close to having a woman you know but not
1: that kind of woman oh
2: but she was the wrong (laughs) woman (laughs) and that's exactly what got shouted out there i mean very loudly in front of an entire lecture hall i got screamed down and said you know it is our duty as feminists you know to support uh, unrestricted access to abortion, and any woman who is not of that uh, position is just a pawn of the powerful men behind her. And I remember just thinking that is incredibly like narrow sighted and just ignorant, you know. And I'm there at this lecture as a mom of two young boys, preparing to go back to graduate school, and thinking what? Like, just because I have children and just because I'm pro-life means that I have like cemented my exit from academia, that my voice no longer matters. You were matters?
1: truly a misogynist and you didn't even realize I that.
2: I no idea.
0: So, so you came into this, you, you were interested in hearing what a feminist professor might have to say in the feminist dialogue, yes. thinking that the feminist umbrella welcomed a broad variety of, mm-hmm. of female voices and that yours you expected to at least be received as one of them, uh, and that didn't happen for you in your experience. I
2: thought the fact that I was a woman kind of gave me a seat at the women's movements table. Hmm. I thought that that was mm-hmm. almost like a little bit of like, a, oh, hey, girl, you're a woman. Come on in. And I realized very quickly that's not the case.
1: And I, th- I imagine you would have been okay with people that didn't agree with you totally so you would as long as you were allowed or given the opportunity to speak to have a voice that you would have been able to handle yourself with a a civil discourse right about the topic
2: absolutely And, and that's the part that I just have always found so ironic is that for the most part women like myself We're sitting in circles constantly with women that we maybe disagree with and working with them. In my profession as a lactation consultant, I work with every woman that comes in. I work with her. I help her. I help her to understand and love her body regardless of any sort of religious or political or any sort of background there. Like, there is just a need that she has to understand her body and to care for her baby, and that's our connection. Like, I connect with her. I don't say, wait, what's your belief on this issue? like now I can't be near you but I've definitely experienced that from the other side towards me there's an asterisk
0: <laughs> so if a university or college called you and and women's studies group called you and said you know what we we heard what you had to say and we want to expand our women's studies uh, department are there to to include some more voices mm. are there Writers, we would know Jesus was coming the next day, Ah, it would be the end of the end times. (laughs) But, but (laughs) But are there some figures and writers that you would recommend to them that you, in your experience, are not actually being studied in the women's studies department?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely, as a Catholic woman, I look at you know the lives of the major saints, you know, the doctors of the church, brilliant, unique. Academic thinkers, totally just revolutionaries of their time. You know, all the doctors of the Church of Females. There's the four of them that we were trying to confirm prior to this. How many ah! are there? <laughs> there's actually four. Um, absolutely, but and even I always bring her up in interviews just because I love her so much. She was featured as a, one of the featured authors of the Well-Read Mom organization a few years ago, and it's Sigurd Unset, and she is just brilliant, a Nobel Literature Prize winner from the 1920s. Her book's centered on the experience of women's lives, and her book, Kristen Lavransdatter* Daughter, is just groundbreaking and breathtaking, and every woman that reads that book understands on some level, this is my experience.
0: But it's a Catholic writer. She's a Catholic writer, and it's has a Catholic, a very Catholic well, perspective. You'd say she
2: did become Catholic. She was not Catholic. She was a Norwegian writer. Uh, she did convert a little bit later in life, um, and her book is a little gritty. It's a little bit real. It's not a Catholic Catholic book. I mean, there's elements. It's very. It's written in a Catholic time period. Um, But it's nothing about like evangelization. It's just the female experience. It's the rawness of growing up as a little girl, you know, in your home with your father and and go you know, having your crushes and getting married and then having a difficult relationship with your husband and having all these babies and this the reality and the rawness of what it means to live in a woman's body. And it's the entire life story of this woman. And it goes all the way through, you know, her children grow and she gets older and her husband and they separate and they die and you know, it's just It's the human experience and it's written authentically from a feminine female perspective that I believe is universal. I believe that there's something in that writing that has been completely ignored and lost. Like we have neglected to acknowledge that there is a universal experience tied to women's lives that's based upon our bodies.
1: So when you say lost, I mean that just strikes a chord with me And and I know the answer to this question might be kind of obvious but expound on it a little bit. What is the danger in something like Cancel culture when 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 voices are silenced, especially when talking about mm-hmm. from the from a women's perspective, yeah. right? What 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 becomes the danger? We we obviously lose people like this brilliant laureate, uh, Nobel laureate author, mm-hmm. right? What what are what are what, what's the obvious? What's the danger there?
2: I think the obvious danger is that we stop making laws and policies that make it possible to live in our natural bodies. I mean when we 're not acknowledging that you know a woman gives birth and then she lactates we 're not thinking about what does she need to be successful as a woman we 're not putting policies in place for lactation rooms, things like that very simple things like that
1: i know in your I know in your your book you talked a little bit about um, you talked a little bit about uh, some of these major corporations and how. They were trying to make it seem like, well, we're trying to help the ladies, and we're doing things like uh, uh, we're helping them freeze their eggs. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're, they're, yeah. we, we, we're supporting our women, but we don't want them to have babies yet.
2: Yeah, and it's really speaking to that your value to us is as a product. You know, right. we want we want you to be producing something for us. When you're most
1: productive with your body is when you're yeah. most productive with your mind. We want that productivity working for our corporation,
2: which is an incredibly, <laughs> like you know, just harmful thing to even say to women because it yes. completely devalues older women and <laughs> says in some way that your learned wisdom and your life experience is not what we're interested in.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's just a great danger in cancel culture just because everything you're talking about when you see like, well, I just thought if I came to this college and we were, it was a women's studies or it was a women's forum, it was a women's whatever. And I was, I thought, well, if I'm a woman, maybe I have a voice here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so scary to think that, that, um, that something is labeled as something, but it's not truly that thing. No. Right? You can't even have faith and believe that what it's titled no. has anything to do with reality.
2: No, it has nothing to do with reality because if you look at the participants of you know the women's marches, there's just as many men taking part as women. And for the most part, it, it is a political ideology that somehow has been aligned with the word woman, which the word woman has failed to mean anything now. I mean, we're, we've really taken away the entire reality of what the word woman means
1: yeah and i imagine i could guess where you come down on certain women per, uh people identifying as women participating in in men's sports or the way around rather you know men in yeah. women's sports I, I it's mean, really getting upside down
2: it is and it's really getting upsetting too when we when we tell our little girls when we're trying to raise them you know to go out and do these amazing and fantastic things and then just to have the, all that hard work be you know really just kind of shot down that's a really disheartening thing i think for any Woman to experience. I will.
1: I will say that there. It seems like there. There is some hope on the horizon Mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, like, for instance, specifically in collegiate swimming. And there's these obvious advantages that a certain uh, a certain kind of body has over Mm -hmm. another certain kind of body, Mm -hmm. right? That would might win a swimming competition. Uh, you know they were first 463rd in the rankings and now they're first in the rankings and how that can simply come from identification and and i think that a lot of a lot of the the people rising up uh has given me a little hope anyway to think that like well there are reasonable people that are offended by this and Mm -hmm. see this as a real problem and a real issue um do you sense that that there's a I don't know, that there's folks out there that kind of see this for what it is, and maybe it's a wolf in sheep's clothing, and they're going, to, they're suddenly going to wait a second. I don't trust this.
2: No, I definitely think that there's people. Unfortunately, we kind of had to walk all the way down this path to get here. I mean, It like was a painful, been, rocky
1: path, too. Uh, yeah,
2: I feel like there's been people sounding the alarm bells for many, many years, saying, well, this is going to lead to this, and there was always this like slippery slope argument that everyone said, that's ridiculous. We'll never get to that point, but we're getting to that point now, and there is an awakening that the first people that— seem to have not understood where the where some of these initial steps would lead are starting to say whoa I didn't sign up for that like I may have signed on to something with you know gender preference um, you know gender attraction I may have said okay that's okay love is love something way back you know a while ago but they didn't walk the path far enough down to say well you know if Gender has this fluidity in terms of attraction. Does it have fluidity in terms of identity and personally, you know, how I, who I actually am? Right. I mean, many of us, many people, have been talking about this for a very long time, and
0: and that it's another set of voices that are. Largely excluded from the, uh, the, 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 I guess, the fourth wave. Is it fourth? Uh, th-
2: well, third wave feminism third wave is really feminism. gender ideology feminism. I'm starting to get
1: seasick from all the ways. I'm just going to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you. Oh, yeah. Fourth wave is intersectionality,
0: right?
2: Fourth wave is right where we're starting right now. And yep. and,
0: and, and the fourth wave, so the group, they're called TERFs, right? The trans exclusionary radical feminists, and they're the ones who are espousing the view that you're talking about right now, yep. which is the uh, to say that, you know, It's biologically defined whether you're a man or a woman. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. And it's interesting. Um, I was at the Dobbs hearing, actually, at the beginning of December at the Supreme Court, you know, where they're debating this very... The court has heard the arguments for the very, um, very important potential challenger to row Um, and on that day there were many many demonstrators on the steps of the Supreme Court and they had us kind of sectioned off into two sides and one was the pro-life and the pro-choice side and everybody had bullhorns and microphones they're yelling and it was really loud and so it was kind of hard to see what all of the shouting was about but at one point I sat back and I watched and it was on the pro-choice side they were yelling down some of their own supporters and telling them to leave and saying, you don't have a place here. Literally saying, you don't have a place here. There's no room for transphobia and bigotry in our movement. And these were people that were there to rally for abortion rights. So they were
1: pro-choice. They're
2: very pro-choice. Right. 100% pro-choice. But they were holding signs you know, that said, "Like protecting women's rights is about protecting women. And so they were holding to the biological truth that women get abortions. And that was a very radical statement to be making on that side of the fence that day. And
1: so for most people, I say most people, for many, many, many people out there, especially some of the ones that are... Uh, just they're they're quiet they're the normal folks are just kind of just trying to raise their families and work at their jobs or whatever they might not they, they, they go like well yeah a woman is a woman a man is a man's a man right and and but 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 something so simply stated yep is is radical and
2: well because they actually there were signs at that day that actually said men and women get abortions abortions yeah. are for everyone so that was what the argument was, and that was the approved talking line of the day <laughs> for wow. that side of the fence.
1: And, and, and that's hard for a lot of people to to grapple with, right? And they're willing to go to certain uh, lengths to, like, for some, on something like uh, the, the the issue of life, mm-hmm. right? And they're willing to just think, "Well, I'm I'm pro-choice" or "I'm whatever," but at the same time, then they're like, "But I'm not going to go this far." Yep. But then that movement says the cancel culture in that movement says, well, you can't. Yep. It, which is, is, is kind of, it forces people to start to pick sides and essentially the biggest bully with the biggest bullhorn mm-hmm. gets like the most uh, attention and I guess gets the most votes. And that's, that's the scary part of this to me because it's, 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 it's in the flying in the face of reality.
2: And that's the whole proposition and invitation, honestly, of holistic feminism. This movement is for anybody that just wants to go back and, like, you know, unplug from you know, the virtual right. world, unplug from your phone, unplug from anything. Look up and look at the world around you. And is there order in it? Is there some objective truth that we can observe with our eyes? Can we see order? Can we make sense without all the noise? And yes, we can. It's a very I, beautiful. I certainly
1: hope so. I mean, I just recently we uh, have noticed we saw where um, a, a very gifted, talented singer Adele, yes, right, received an award recently mm-hmm. in Britain. Uh, and and recently those awards had been gender neutralized. Right, they, they did. didn't want to have female vocalist. And male vocalist, they wanted to have vocalist. Yep, right? artist and, of the year. And do you have the, the words that she said? Because it's I Because these are such radical and and scary words.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm
1: being facetious because they're really they're really not. But she got in trouble for these words. I know she
2: did. she's gotten a lot of pushback for this, and she's being titled a turf. you know, she's getting thrown into the turf camp, which in Britain, this movement has been far more established over right. the last ten years. j k. Rowling, of course, Harry Potter, the author. She's kind of the biggest turf of them all, and everyone's upset with her. <laughs> um, but Adele, okay yes, her comments when she she received uh, Artist of the Year, which had recently been gender neutralized, right. her comment was, I understand why the name of this award has been changed. But I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. I'm really proud of us. I really, really am.
1: Yeah. So those are beautiful words. I loved hearing those words. But a lot of people gave her a lot of grief for that.
2: They did. They did. They thought it was very, uh, you know, gender exclusive.
0: (laughs) The two big words you get hit with are people you're accused of being. Patriarchal and misogynistic. Yes. And is there anything you'd like to give either as a defense of yourself mm-hmm. or as a critique of folks from that other perspective that are call- as to whether they might have succumbed to a misogyny or, or a patriarchy or anything like that?
2: Well, I mean, I think the the height of misogyny is taking a beautiful woman like Adele who has been tremendously accomplished and successful and,
1: and inspirational and inspirational to young girls. Yeah. Right. Who want risen. to sing. She's yeah.
2: risen to the top of her, of her, you know, her field and to attack her, you know, and say that her words as a woman um, are hateful. When she was just celebrating herself, she was yeah. focused on, I, as a woman, I love being a woman. And when you shame a woman, you're taking away her language. And so to me, um, any, you know, I always say, Um, You know, any efforts to alter, suppress, or destroy a natural female body, which, you know, contraception, abortion, all these sort of things, that's the height of misogyny. That's true hatred for women.
0: And a lot of that you were saying before and also in your book is ordered towards competing in commercial culture, competing in the rat race. Yep. And do you see anything that's sort of patriarchal in that?
2: All of it. I mean, it's saying that you're only valuable exactly as a product. And women, the special essence that we have is that we are the hearts of Community and culture and peacemakers. Um, And that is a value that you could never replicate. So, I mean, I think the essence and the beauty of womanhood that's missing in our world is what's leading us to a very, very dark, competitive, confused, you know when yeah, women just can't be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we need to have this voice heard. We need to have your voice heard, Aww. right? You need to. Well, you need to buy holistic feminism, and then start thinking in your life about where you can, you can, um, uh, you can do better, and you can speak up, and you can be heard, uh, and help those who. Are, are maybe ignorant to the, the truth, to, to reality, as it were, without shouting them down. Try to have mm-hmm. civil discourse. Try to uh, speak the truth. And then, essentially, I mean, we've only got like 30 seconds or 10 seconds, whatever left. About Be, be comfortable in, in being a woman and having yep. a body that does these things.
2: Yep. Women are good, and there's nothing wrong with our bodies.
1: Well, that's beautiful. That's, that's absolutely wonderful. Uh, and uh, Leah Jacobson, thank you so much for being with us again um, uh, to talk about this important topic. And we're going to have you more uh, because cause it just seems like the, the world's kind of going in a direction that really needs, um, needs to have a little help. Uh, and figuring out where we're going. So anyway, I, I just thank you for being here with us. Thank you. And we're going to ask uh, really the greatest woman ever alive to pray for us, right? The, the greatest of all creatures, Mary, uh, to lead us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen.